Good morning and thank you for joining us this Father's Day for Bridge Church Online. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him. Let's lift up our praise wherever you are this morning. Let that be a place of praise. Come on, let's sing together. Then praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Then praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Oh! 
See you. 
reminded as we're singing this song where it said, Jesus is the roaring lion. And I know that sometimes we often look at Jesus as the Prince of Peace and our comforter, the shoulder to cry on. But church, never forget that our Savior, our Messiah, is also our roaring lion, a victorious Savior, a God who has never failed. He's never lost a single battle. And that God, that roaring lion of a Messiah and Savior is also our defender. So wherever you're at in life right now, whatever you're going through, know this, the the one who defends you, the one who protects you, the one who provides for you, he is not this timid, quiet, defeated savior. He is a victorious, risen savior that the Bible calls a roaring lion. That is our God. That is our savior. That is our Jesus. And I don't know about you, but this morning on this Father's Day morning, I find comfort knowing that my heavenly father is strong. My heavenly father is the God of the impossible, that nothing is out of his reach, that nothing is impossible for him. And he loves you and me so much today. Church, would you pray with me? God, thank you that you are our heavenly father. And the father that never leaves us and never forsakes us. And yes, God, you are our prince of peace. And you are our comforter. But you are also a roaring lion a victorious, risen Messiah and Savior. And God, as you are our Heavenly Father, we find peace in that. We find security in that. And even this morning, God, wherever we're at, all over the place, God, right there in our homes, God, we find comfort in that. We love you this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise this morning, church. He is so worthy of our worship. Hey, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We love you. We love that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us. We have an exciting morning planned for you, a great message that is on its way. Before we get into the message, let's watch church news together. Hey Bridge family, happy Father's Day. We're so glad that you are joining us today for Church Online. Before we get into the message, we want to keep you up to date with what's happening in church life. We aren't quite ready to have our regular in-person services just yet, but we are excited to continue connecting with you online throughout the week. Here's a look at what's going on here at the Bridge. We hope you will join us and stay connected. What's up Bridge Church family? Hey, we've been absolutely loving our outdoor services. But today we will not be having an outdoor service. We want to give you room to celebrate Father's Day. But next Sunday we will be back having an outdoor service. 6 p.m. we'll be on the plaza. Bring your lawn chairs. If you want to tailgate, watch from your car, you can tune into 88.5 FM. It's going to be a great time. We're going to pray together, worship together, hear God's word. And also we will be celebrating and honoring class of 2020. We're so proud of you. We want to honor you. To help us plan for you, Class of 2020, graduates, hit the link in our bio and go register so we can plan for you. It's going to be a great night. We'll see you then, Bridge Church. Our community care program is distributing food every Sunday to people who might be in need of assistance. 
Distribution happens at 10.45 a.m. each Sunday in the back of our church building. If you or anyone you know is in need during this season, we encourage you to come and receive from Community Care. We are here to help. We also want to say a big thank you to our team who serves so selflessly every weekend, as well as everyone who has generously given during this unprecedented season. Because of you, we are able to lend a helping hand and show the love of Jesus to people right here in the Temecula Valley. Oh. Hey there, boys and girls, and hello, Bridge Church. My name is Gavin Gizmo, and I just wanted to take a moment to remind you all about our Fast Forward Bridge Kids Online Summer Experience. It's going to be happening July 6th through 9th, and you can meet me and all of my friends here in Summerfield with four days of games, crafts, and Bible stories that will help you draw closer to God. So sign up online at the Bridge Church website, and I will see you all in Summerfield. Bye! Hey parents, it's a privilege to connect with your kids each week and right now is the time to start their Bridge Kids online service. So grab another phone, tablet, or device and visit our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Click on the menu tab and select Bridge Kids. You can also go to the Bridge Kids Instagram and Facebook page to access the services there. Thanks so much for the opportunity to keep your kids connected with God and with their church family. If you want to stay informed, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is the easiest way to get all of the info on what's happening from day to day at The Bridge. You can also stay informed by downloading The Bridge app. Just text the keywords The Bridge Church app to 77977. For more general info, log on to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. And if you're joining us for the first time and want to find out more about the church, we invite you to go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There, you'll find a digital Connect card where we can help you get plugged in. Just take a moment to fill it out and we will be happy to connect with you. Thanks again for joining us today. No matter how old we are, we always remember what our dads say and do. My dad's more like Jesus than your dad. Nuh-uh. My dad doesn't let anybody eat any food until we pray for it. My dad prays for one minute every day. You know what? Our church has pancakes. This is what my sister and mom use for their blush. My dad says that mean kids never know what they're talking about. Because their parents don't know what they're talking about either. My dad says to punch meanies in the face. Then my mom says, don't ever do that. And my dad goes to time out. <laughs> my dad's beard is itchy whenever he kisses me. My dad takes me to church so we could learn to be just like Jesus. My daddy prays for me. Then he makes me stop talking and go to bed. Then I get a flashlight and read my comic book. That's a sin. He's sinning. No, I'm not. Sinner. No, I'm not. R2. 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 My dad said that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. My dad never stays mad at me. My dad taught me to forgive because Jesus forgives us every time we ask. I want a mohawk. 
I wish I had hair. It's okay. Your hair will probably grow back. Thanks for being our dads for all our lives. Hey, good morning, Bridge Church, and happy Father's Day to you. So glad that you're here joining us today for a time of worship and for a time of getting into God's Word and learning some things that we can apply to our own lives. And I just want to encourage you today, be sure and honor your dad. Even if dad's far away and doesn't live nearby, pick up the telephone today and give him a call. Say hi, let him know you love him and appreciate him. And because it is Father's Day, we're not going to be having an outdoor service this evening because we want you to spend some time with family, with dad, and just make this a special, special day. And today I want to share a message on Father's Day that is really about the Heavenly Father, but it's a message that we earthly fathers, natural fathers, can learn from, and it's also jam full of things that I think every one of us needs to hear, things that we can apply to our own lives. So I want to dive right into God's Word today. You know, there, there seems to be a struggle that all of us go through as we walk with God. The whole idea of knowing God, it's a struggle because there's so much mystery involved around the whole concept of God. In the New Testament, we realize we walk by faith, not by sight. And we trust God's word and we learn from God's word. And we learn as we walk with God and as we build our relationship with God. God is a relational God and he wants to be our heavenly father. But when you start walking with God, one of the first things that you have to deal with is when you say, Heavenly Father, you look through your experiences with your earthly father. Just using the name or the title Father stirs up all kinds of stuff because we see our Heavenly Father in the beginning stages of our relationship with Him as we see our earthly father. We think the heavenly father is like the earthly father because our earthly father has defined what a father is in our lives. And when that's the case, when you hear the word or the title father, the name father, it stirs up all kinds of thoughts, good and bad. It brings up all kinds of feelings and emotions and you begin to have preconceived ideas about God that are not necessarily true. And the idea of walking with God, this whole concept is about learning as we walk with God, learning from his word, applying it to our relationship, understanding God and letting him be a loving heavenly father and letting God change the way we see the name, the term, the phrase father. So in this Father's Day, I want to dive into some things because this thing about a heavenly father, you only learn the heavenly father by being in relationship with him. And God is a God of relationship. He wants us to know him and be in relationship with him. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at what we call the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to learn some things about the nature of our Heavenly Father. In this model prayer, and you got to remember, Jesus taught us this. He gave us this very famous prayer because the disciples saw Jesus praying so much. 
They saw him in relationship with God. They didn't see him talking to a statue or to an idol that was dead. They saw him spending hours communicating, praying, talking to his father. The disciples were amazed at this idea of relationship with God and knowing God. And so the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. We've seen you in relationship with God. Show us how to talk to God. Show us how to communicate with God. Show us how to know God and be in relationship with him. And when Jesus taught the model prayer and when he gave us this prayer outline, Jesus wasn't just teaching prayer. Jesus was really teaching about the nature of God, our heavenly father. And you know, many of us struggle with prayer. And I think the biggest reason we struggle with prayer is because we struggle with the idea of a loving Heavenly Father. Because we limit the Heavenly Father to the understanding and the experiences we've had with an earthly father. You know, there's an overwhelming, amazingly large need today in our world for godly fathers. And there's also a major need, even in the church world, for fathers who know how to be relational with their wives and with their children, to really teach their children the nature of a loving father. You know, when we dive into the word today, even as we walk through the message, I want to ask you to continually ask yourself the question, what can I learn today about the nature of my heavenly father? And how can I apply these principles to my life? Because the next few minutes, real quickly, I'm going to really move quickly. The next few minutes, I want to talk about five relational words from the Lord's Prayer that teach us about the nature of our Heavenly Father. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse number 9. The first word, look at verses number 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first word I want to talk about today that really begins to describe the nature of our Heavenly Father is the word security. The word security. Everybody in this world is looking for security. In every area of life, they want security. And yet, we have failed to help people understand true security is found in relationship with the Heavenly Father. Jesus said, pray this way, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. What he's saying is there is no other name like the name of God. If you study the Old Testament, God explains to us what his name means. He uses names to describe his nature. And Jesus says, when you approach the Father, you need to understand his nature and all that he wants to do to bless your life. Because if you understand this, you'll approach him without fear. You'll understand when you approach God, you come to a throne of grace. And when you come to a throne of grace, the almighty God of the universe begins to bring security into your life. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's no name like your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Starting in my life, let your kingdom, your provision, your government come into my life. When you look at the Old Testament compound names of God, God said, I'll be your righteousness. I'll make you righteous. He said, I'll be your sanctification. I'll set you apart for my purposes. He said, I will always be there. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. He said, I'll be your peace. I'll be your provider. I will be your healer. I will be the banner, the flag you can fly over your life, and I'll watch out for you. And I will be your shepherd. God tried to show the nation of Israel all of these things in the Old Testament, and they couldn't grasp it. And in the New Testament, God sent his son to remove the barrier that stood between us and him that we could come into relationship with God and be his children. And yet we still today struggle understanding that God's involvement in our lives as a loving father brings security to our lives. This first word I'm talking about, security, is so important. And there's a couple things I want to tie to this real quickly. First is, God is love. You know, last week's message, I talked a little bit about God's love. God loves us because he sees value in us. He paid a huge price to bring us into relationship with him. He gave his own son. And he gives us equal rights to the rights of Jesus, the firstborn of many brothers. And then he allows us to call him Abba Father, to climb up in his lap and be in a safe, secure place. God is love. And there is no greater love than the love of God. But some of us don't understand that. And not all of us believe that. We may have a little bit of it here, but sometimes we fail to get it here in our hearts where it becomes a part of our life and a part of our relationship with God, that when we run to God, we run to arms of love, and all of a sudden when he puts his arms around us, it's the safest place you could ever be. God is love. If it wasn't for the love of God, we would not begin to understand love. Don't try to define God by the love of the world. Define all other loves by God's love for us. God is love. The next thing you see is God is respect. Did you know God respects you? He sees what he put in you at creation. God honors you. God respects you. But Jesus said, when you look to the Father, say, hallowed be your name. Respect God for who he is and what he is. You know how respect works? It works both ways. Respect is given and respect is received. We say it a lot in this world, respect is earned. You know, we give people a certain amount of respect. It's like putting money in their bank account. And then how they act, how they respond, how they live determines how much respect we give them. God is respect. God honors us. He respects us. But he wants us to learn to respect him. That's in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament where you see the expression, the fear of the Lord. It's what it's talking about. The proper respect for God and who he is and what he is. God, third of all, God is good. The third part of this thing about security, you know, God's love, God is respect, but God's also good. When I approach my heavenly father, I always understand He's a good God. God is good. 
And what God does is he creates a good environment around our lives. When you're in the arms of God, you're in a safe place because it's good there. Everything is good. Everybody needs to know, every believer especially needs to understand that God is not only infinite and unlimited and he knows everything and he has all power. God is all that great stuff. But we also need to understand that God is good and his plans are better than our plans. His plans for your life are better than your own plans. That's why Jesus said, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Because God's got great plans for you. God's got great blessing for your life. And you don't have to be afraid to submit to God. Maybe you're afraid to submit to your earthly father for a lot of reasons, a lot of good reasons. You don't have to be afraid of a heavenly father. He's love, he's respect, and he is good. You know, because this is Father's Day, I had to stop and think quite a bit this week about my own earthly father. I had a great dad. My dad loved me. I mean, my dad respected me. My dad was good to me. I had a great example of a loving father. I lost him 13 years ago last month. He went to be with the Lord. But you know, it's interesting. In all my life, I never ever saw my dad afraid. I never saw him fearful. Now, it, it's true. Uh, I, I've told you the story before. At 18 years of age, he was drafted in the military. At 19, he was on the beaches in France on D-Day. He lived through that. Later on, got wounded in the war, came home. It took him a while to adjust. But after I watched the movie Saving Private Ryan and realized what he had done and what he lived through, it helped me understand. If you live through that, there's nothing else to be afraid of in this world. Our home was a place where there was no fear. Our home was a safe place. Dad's presence, just what he brought to the home, what he established, what he put in the home, his arms, his nature, his lap, it brought peace into our lives, brought security to us. And I always remember the night before my dad passed away, I was at the hospital with him. The doctors came in and said, Mr. Martin, you don't have long to live. Your heart is weary. It's tired. It's just worn out. It's so weak. It's barely working. And we don't know what else to do except try to make you comfortable. And the doctor left the room and it was just me and dad. And I started crying, trying to talk to my dad and tell him how much I loved him and appreciated him. And my dad, in his typical fashion, he looked at me and said, son, don't cry. Everybody has to die sometime. So typical of my dad to live with no fear. And I think it's because with all he went through in his lifetime, all that he walked through and he saw God's good hand in his life, it brought security to him. And he brought security to our family. Dads, join me today. Let, let, let's make this resolution. I want to make my family safe. I want to make my family secure with love, with respect, and with goodness. Beginning with our wives, beginning with our children, let's make our families a safe, secure place the way God makes our lives safe and secure in Him. Number two, the second word, and I'm going to move really quickly now. 
The second word is found in verse 11. Jesus said, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Very familiar part of the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me, literally, give me today what I need today. You know, we want to live our lives with everything we need for the next 50 years. But a part of our trusting God is to learning how to live and trust him one day at a time. The, the second word I want to look at is the word generosity. God is a generous God. Now, now think about this. The disciples said, Jesus, we see you praying all the time. Teach us to pray. So Jesus starts teaching them to pray. He talks about how secure God is and how you want, he wants to be our security. The next thing he says is God wants to be generous in your life. God is a generous God. The Heavenly Father is generous. So ask for the things that you need today. What do you need today in your life? I'm not talking about frivolous stuff. I'm not talking about silly, foolish things. Oh, we know sometimes God gives us the desires of our heart when they're right. He promised to do that. But I'm not talking about that. What do you really need in your life today? What's missing? What's absent that needs to be there? I believe God wants to give you the things that you need in this life. Because God is a generous God. I've always tried to raise my boys and, and, and teach in the church that we need to learn to live like God, and that is we live with open hands. We don't grab everything we can get and hoard it. We don't live in fear that we're not going to have enough, so we just hoard, hoard, hoard. No, we learn to be generous and give because that is what brings more blessing into our lives. We're blessed to be a blessing, and we learn that from the nature of God. God is a giver. See, Jesus wasn't telling the guys, well, go to the Father and ask for things you need. Now, he may not give it to you. No, Jesus was teaching them when you ask for what you need, God's going to give you the things that you need. See, we need to learn to ask. We also need to learn to receive. We also need to learn to give. See, some of us aren't taught these principles at home in our families. Some of us didn't have fathers, sometimes even moms, that taught these principles to us about being generous. Some of us don't know how to give. Some of us don't know how to receive. We don't even know how to be thankful. God wants to teach us his nature so we can pass it on to our children and our grandchildren and to the next generation. You know, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught the disciples. He said, don't worry about the things that you need. Don't worry about food, clothing, and shelter because God knows you need those things. Jesus said, don't worry about stuff. You know, some of us worry so much, so needlessly about so many things. When God said, if you can live one day at a time and trust me, each day takes care of itself. Why? Because God's nature is generous. He's a God of generosity. He'll bless you your life. You know, my dad was never a wealthy man. He always had enough. Our family always had everything that we needed. He was able to retire and be comfortable, but my dad was pretty frugal. Uh, he had what he needed, but after he retired and got into his latter years, he bought the luxury things then that he never had when he was younger. But one thing about my dad, 
my entire life, until he passed away, if I ever had a problem or a need and I talked to dad about it, if dad could fix it, he would help fix it. He was generous. He was a giver. I remember many years ago, I, I was going through a difficult time in life and it had to do with ministry and some needs that we had and some personal things. And I was praying real hard one day and I was asking God for something and I was almost begging God. And all of a sudden the thought ran through my mind. I wish the Heavenly Father was as generous as my earthly father. When the thought ran through my mind, I caught it. I didn't let it run out my mouth because I knew it was wrong. But it was an indication to me that something in my heart was missing. As Jesus said, if you being evil give good gifts to your children, how much more does our Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to us? We learn generosity from God. We don't teach God about generosity. We learn generosity from Him. I want to encourage you today. Man, I don't know what your earthly dad was like. If it was bad, wipe it out. If your dad was stingy and didn't give you the things you needed, wipe it out. Clean the, clean the, whole, the whole board. Wipe it all away. And look through it. Look to a heavenly father and let him define what a real father is and what a real father does. See his nature. He's a generous God. And then I want to challenge you. Dads, moms, everyone listening to me, learn to live with an open hand. Learn to live generously because it brings so much blessing into your life. Number three, the third word, the word reconciliation. I want you to look at verse 12. Jesus said to the disciples, pray this way. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God put his own son on a cross to bring us into relationship with him. To reconcile the differences between us and to bring us to him and to his way of life, his nature, and his thinking what sin had destroyed and taken from us, God put his own son on a cross to bring all of that back into our lives. That's what we call reconciliation. And Jesus said we need to learn to live receiving God's forgiveness and then extending God's forgiveness to other people. And I know in a lot of our homes, we don't always model this real well. It's amazing how many people I talk to on a regular basis who are dealing with situations that really are wrapped around bad relationships they learned at home. Resentment towards parents, resentment towards siblings, where they never reconciled differences and never had healthy relationships. It's so obvious. But God's nature is to re. Re restore to forgive god hates broken relationships god gave his son to fix that but you know as you walk with god and as you begin to learn god's word and learn the principles of god's word and get it applied to your life you learn things that will help create healthy relationships some of those things are honesty god needs us to be honest with him with each other how about accepting responsibility and 
taking your own blame for your own mistakes and failures and sin. God demands we learn that. How about apologies? Learning to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Not just knowing you were wrong, but expressing it to wounded parties. I'm sorry, I was wrong. How about correcting our paths? Scripture calls it repentance. Scripture demands that if we're going to walk with God, we've got to change our pathways and learn to walk with Him on His pathways. That's what repentance really is. How about forgiveness? When God forgives us, when we realize He nailed all of our sins to the cross on which Jesus died, can we accept His forgiveness and forgive ourselves and move on into a new life? Can we learn to forgive others? Can we learn to reconcile relationships and rebuild broken relationships? Jesus said, talk to the Father about this. Because he wants to show you how to heal relationships based on the way he deals with us. The way he reconciles us to himself. He wants us to learn from that so we can reconcile with others. You know, God paid a huge price to establish this process of reconciliation. And he demands that we learn to live by that same process with other people. You know, my dad never, never did allow an, an atmosphere of tension in our home. You know, we'd have a situation with dad, we dealt with it, we moved on. Mom and dad, when they had disagreements, they had their conversations. When it got to a point where it was getting heated, they'd do it aside away from the kids, they'd settle it, and then they'd make their decisions and they would move on from there. Our home was not a place of tension, it was a place of peace. And my dad was the one who would not allow you to keep living in the past. He would break the ice and say, okay, we dealt with it. It's time to move on. And a lot of times he would use humor. That, that's where I get that from. Once things have been dealt with, let's laugh about it. Let's smile. Let's forget it. Let's forgive one another and let's move forward in peace. And you know, in my house, we apologized. We accepted apologies we move forward. When I was about four years of age, my, my grandfather had a gas station. My dad was the mechanic in a garage behind the gas station. And then all around behind the station, there was a large field, empty, empty field, empty lot. And then behind those empty lots, there were some homes that were built and some apartments and duplexes. One day, the fire department came out to burn off that field to do a controlled burn and it's a pretty good sized field I was a little bitty guy it seemed like a huge field but anyway it was a good sized field weeds had grown up they'd gotten dry it was a fire hazard the gas station was there with all the flammable stuff so one day the fire department comes out all these fire trucks pull up and these firemen come out in their fireman uniforms and they're there you know with with their hoses and stuff and they they start a fire and they start burning off the field and I was I'm telling you I was four years old I remember it so well I stood out there in my grandfather's yard his house was on the other side of the gas station I stood out there and I watched these guys and I was so intrigued. You know, you know how little guys are with the firemen, you know? I mean, they see these fire trucks pull up and I was all in amazement. And I stood out there and watched them for hours burn off this field. And I was so impressed by that. 
Well, the next week I went out behind my dad's garage and there was a patch they didn't burn off because it was right next to the garage. And it was dangerous to get the fire that close to the gas and all the other stuff. But I went out there and I thought, you know, they missed a spot. So I found some matches in my grandfather's desk. I went outside and I struck a match. I'm four years old. I'd seen him use stick matches. I went out and struck a match. I set that, the rest of that field on fire because, I mean, the firemen missed it. I was just trying to help. All of a sudden, somebody started screaming, fire, fire. And my dad jumped up and from what he was doing, dropped his work, came outside, saw the field on fire. They got some water. They got it all put out. And then they looked around and said, what happened? And one of the guys standing there saying, your boy set that on fire. I didn't get very many hard spankings in my life, but I got a pretty good one that day. And I remember it. Not because my dad was angry, but because he was trying to correct some things in my life. But you know what's funny about it? As I got older and I would talk about that, my dad would act like, you know what, I kind of remember it, but I don't remember it very much. That's how my dad was. I remembered it more than he remembered it because I didn't go through the rest of my life with my dad pointing a finger at me saying, well, you pyromaniac, you crazy kid, you good-for-nothing kid. All you do is look for stuff to burn down. All you want to do is destroy stuff. My dad didn't do that. He corrected me he forgave me, and then he said, let's move on. Wouldn't it be great if we could model that for our own children, for our families, for our marriages? Can you imagine what life would be like if we would learn to extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness? If we would learn to teach our family and our children about reconciling differences so we can move forward in peace? I believe we'd see a lot more of God's blessing in our lives. Number four, the fourth word. Look at verse 13. Jesus said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The fourth word is the word wisdom. Wisdom. Jesus said, now, guys, when you talk to the Father, go to him for wisdom. And pray this way, don't let us wander into temptation, don't let us wander down wrong paths, but deliver us from the paths that lead us into sin. Deliver us from the paths that lead us into bondage. You know, some of us come from backgrounds where we've been taught to live in bondage. Some of us come from backgrounds where We've been taught, maybe even several generations, have lived in bondage to wrong lifestyles and to sin and to fear and to all kinds of things. Maybe that's been passed on to you. The Heavenly Father wants to free you from that. He wants to correct it. God will not lead you into wrong paths. God will lead you into right paths. Not paths of cursing. God leads you down paths of blessing. Lead us not into temptation and failure, but deliver us from the hand and the grip of the evil one. You know, God's nature is right. That's where the word righteous and righteousness comes from. It comes from the word right. God's nature is right. He's never wrong. He's always right. He's right. And you know, 
the ways of God bring protection and blessing into our lives. But we need to learn to live life being guided by God's wisdom. The majority of our pain in life, and I want you to hear this statement and think about it with me. A majority of the pain that we suffer in life and a majority of the pain in our world is caused by poor decisions, wrong decisions. Decisions that don't lead us into godliness and rightness. Majority of our pain comes from poor decisions. Can I simplify it? It comes from a lack of wisdom. Choices that are wrong because they're not godly choices. Jesus said when you talk to God, his nature is to give you good counsel, good advice, wisdom to help you choose better pathways. You may get tired of hearing it, but I'm probably going to say it till the day I die. Psalms 119 tells us that God's word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our pathway. God and his word, they're one. They lead us into right paths. Not only that, the Holy Spirit guides us into right pathways. The peace of God that comes from the Holy Spirit will help us make decisions. We'll know how to make decisions based on God's peace. Because our loving Heavenly Father is a God of wisdom. And He wants us to live in wisdom. You know, my dad was a very simple guy. I told you here a few weeks ago, he only went through the 8th grade, went to the beaches in France, came back, started working as an auto mechanic, wound up having his own business and ended life with money in the bank, which is a good thing today to be in that position. He was a successful man, not wealthy, but successful. But I want to talk to you about something for just a moment. My dad, as simple as he was, had a lot of common sense. An old expression is he had horse sense. He had just common sense that came from observing what was going on around him. You know, the, the famous American author Mark Twain said the problem with common sense is it's not as common as it used to be. I've known people through the years where their fathers, their families really taught them some dumb stuff. Taught them principles to live by. Horrible money management principles. Horrible ways of living our lives. Horrible ways of doing relationships. Horrible ways of doing business. Man, man, your earthly father, your earthly family can jam you full of so much bad information. But God will never steer you in the wrong direction. Because he is the God of wisdom. You know, my dad, could, he could spot a counterfeit in a phony a mile away. He could listen to somebody talk for three or four minutes and his expression was, eh, that guy's a blowhard. He's just got a gimmick. He's just got a line. Don't pay any attention to that. My dad taught me simple, basic common sense and wisdom. He didn't always have all wisdom. But he taught me, when you need help, go find help. Maybe today it would do us good if in our families, in our homes, all of us, dads, moms, all of us, we could teach our children wisdom in right pathways. And one of the wisest things you can ever say to your kids when they ask a question, 
If you don't know the answer, the best thing you can say is, I don't know, but let's find someone who does know. Teach your kids to value wisdom so they make good choices in life. And then the last word that, that I want to look at today, verse 13, Jesus said, pray this way, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Father, it's your kingdom, it's your power, it's your glory that's at work in my life. And, and the last word, the fifth word is the word trust. Trust. God can be trusted. God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He keeps his promises. Let me ask you a question today. Has God ever really failed you? There may have been some moments in life when things didn't work the way you wanted it to. There may have been some moments in your life where at the time you thought, well, God, where are you? Why don't you fix this? Why don't you fix that? Looking over your shoulder, in retrospect, has God ever really failed you? I don't think so. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, God said, I am, the, I am your Lord, I am your God, I'm a faithful God. And I keep covenant and mercy with those that love me and keep my commandments to a thousand generations. What he said was, you can trust me. If I say something, I will do what I said. So trust me and believe me. It's funny, at the end of that verse, Jesus said, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which means, so be it. It's done. That's a statement of faith. It's a statement of trust where we look to the Father after we've prayed and poured out our hearts and say, God, I believe you will do what you say and I trust you to be God in my life. I don't think in my entire life, the best I can remember, anytime my dad ever made a promise to me, he always kept his promise. He didn't make lots of promises. If I asked for things and he wasn't sure about it, he said, well, We'll see. Well, maybe. Well, we'll talk about it later. We'll have to wait and see what happens. He wouldn't make cheap promises. But when my dad made a promise, he always kept his word. That's the nature of a heavenly father. You can trust his promises. He's God. He sees things we don't see. He knows things we don't know. He's working behind the scenes, moving furniture around all over the universe. He doesn't always do things the way we want, when we want. But you can trust him. He'll do things as he sees his best for us and for our lives. You can trust our God. You know, maybe today, as dads and as parents, as just people, Maybe we need to weigh our words. Do we make commitments that we can't stand up to? Do we make promises we can't keep? Do we say, okay, I'll do it, and in our hearts we're saying, no, I'm not going to do it? We need to watch that. It's better off to say, I can't do that, or I'm not sure I can do that, than it is to make false promises. Our word needs to be our bond. Our children need to grow up understanding that an earthly father says something, he'll do it. He's trustworthy because it helps him understand the nature of God. And you know, in all of this, as I come to the end of this message, in all of this, 
think it's really important for us to always point our children to God and remind them, I'm not perfect. Dads, tell your kids, I'm not perfect. I'm not God, but God is perfect. I'll make mistakes. I may fail you at times in life, but please understand, keep your eyes on God because he's perfect and he will never let you down. We need to teach that to our children. When I was, uh, well, several years ago, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but my youngest son, Zane, was about 10 years old, 9 or 10. And one day he came into the house, and he'd been out playing, and I was doing something, and I don't know what was going on. We'd been doing some fun stuff earlier, and we had some good plans. And he came in the house to get something to drink, and I remember he was in the kitchen drinking a glass of water, and he walked over, and you know I was doing some studying at the time. And he said, hey, Dad. And I looked up and said, yeah, what do you want, Zane? He looked at me, and he said, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. That terrified me. And I laughed for a minute with Zane. I said, son, when, I, when you grow up, I want you to be a better man than I am. I want you to be more like Jesus than me. That stuck with me all these years because our children are watching us. And whether we know it or not, they're going to be like us. They're going to learn some right things but they can also learn some wrong things. we got to be careful of what we pour into their lives, and we need to teach them the nature of God. And then just, just one little closing thought real fast. At the end of this prayer in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus goes back to something. Now, this is after he's already taught them to say, Amen, so be it. I trust you, God. He says this in verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Isn't it interesting that he stresses this part about reconciliation, about relationships? See, we think about relationship with God. That's what's important. God says relationship with him is first but then relationship with others becomes ultimately important in our lives as well. And let me ask a couple questions in closing. Have you ever had a, a drain or a garbage disposal get stopped up in your home? We have on a few occasions. You know what happens when that gets stopped up? Begins to back up, stuff begins to wash up, flood back, it's dirty, it's nasty. It stinks. You got to get a plumber out there to clean out the drain. Have you ever walked into a restaurant or a public place where there was a problem in the sewer? And you walk in, you think, oh my gosh, I can't stay here. That's what happens in our lives when we harbor unforgiveness when we harbor bondages that have been taught to us, and we're angry about it, we're upset about it because this stuff was poured into our lives. When we choose not to forgive, it puts us in a really bad place. And Jesus actually said, if we can't reconcile relationships with others, we can't have God reconcile our relationship with him. My relationship with people has been hurt. It damages my relationship with God. 
What's going on in your heart today? Is there something that's clogging your drain? If there is, you know it. You say, well, how can I know? Pray this prayer. God, if there's something wrong in my heart, show me. And I promise you, in five seconds, God will show you what it is. That's the one prayer he answers really quickly. Is there something there today? Maybe it's something towards dad, towards mom, towards a sibling, towards a child, a grandchild. Is there somewhere in life where we've stopped living by the nature with which God lives with us? Has reconciliation been blocked somewhere? Oh, I know there's some things you can't fix. But as children of God, it's on our shoulders to do our best to fix broken relationships. I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray a couple different things, but right there where you are, examine your own heart. and Resolve some issues today and make up your mind that I'm going to move forward and make some adjustments in my life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this Father's Day, I pray that we could define fatherhood by your nature and not our fallen nature. That the things we've talked about and the things we've learned today, these five words, we could help use these words to rule our hearts and our lives and our relationships. Father, I pray today that security, generosity, reconciliation, wisdom, and trust would just be built into our lives and would rule and govern our hearts. Father, I pray for every person who right now is struggling. God, I don't know what they're dealing with. Every home, every life is different. Whatever people are dealing with right now, wherever, wherever you've checked their hearts and shown them some adjustments that need to be made, God, I pray you'd make that adjustment in their heart and then show them how to move forward with actions that are different, how to correct things that need to be corrected. God, you love us so much. You don't want to leave us as we are. You want to develop the nature of Jesus in us. So we submit to that today. Maybe you're listening to this today and maybe you don't really know about the love of the Heavenly Father because you've never committed your heart and life to Him. But Maybe you made a determination as you listen to this that you want to know God. You want to be in relationship with Him. Maybe you once knew Him from a distance but you never really followed through with your commitment and today you feel like you're the prodigal and you need to come back to God I want to pray with you today I want to give you words that you can just talk to God you can make them your words there's nothing magic about this word these words it's just about an open heart putting faith in a loving heavenly father who loves you so much he put his own son on a cross to bring you into relationship with him right there where you are in your living room your car wherever you might be hearing this I want to ask you to just pray this prayer with me, all of us together. Heavenly Father, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I want to know you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash them away. Bring me into relationship with you. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. I want to follow you. I want to be your child. From this day forward, in every situation of life, 
I will look to you because you are my God and you are my heavenly father. Thank you for receiving me into your family. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, it's the most important prayer you can pray in your entire life. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. And we want to help you start walking with God. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about learning how to have his, his involvement in every area of life. It's about a relationship with God. We want to give you a little tool called the next seven days. Right there on your screen, there will be information to tell you how you can get it. We want to put this in your hands. We want to get it to you, not for our benefit, but to help you start walking with God. No strings attached. Let us get this to you today. Please respond today. Let us help you start walking with God. God bless you today. Now, last thing I want to share. Um, maybe today on Father's Day, dads, maybe other family members too, but dads, maybe you need to have a little conversation with the wife, with the kids, with the grandkids, maybe extended family. Dads, one of the greatest things you can ever do in life is look your kids in the eye and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry for this or for that. Maybe you can just roll it all in one big ball and say, I'm sorry, and I want to do better. Please forgive me. It's one of the greatest things you can do. Maybe you need to go to your kids and say, I'm sorry I put all that stuff in your head when you were growing up. Let me help you move on beyond that. One of the greatest things you'll ever do is to reach out to your children, even when they're older, and reconcile relationships. Do that today. Remember, if your dad's out of town, you're not going to see him today. You pick up your phone. You call him today. Even if there is stuff there that you don't want to deal with, let him know. Dad, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Hey, God bless you today. Just before we go, remember, no service tonight outdoors. This is Father's Day. Enjoy family time all day and throughout the evening. And then also, your giving has been amazing in this season, this weird, crazy season we're living in. I want to say thank you, but more than that, you're understanding, you're learning the nature of God. God is faithful, we're faithful, and God just keeps blessing our lives. His hand of blessing is on us. God bless you. Thank you for your giving today. Have a great, great Sunday. Happy Father's Day. Thanks again for joining us today for Church Online at the Bridge. If you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time or you decided to rededicate your life, we want to help you begin your journey of faith. We have a free gift that we want to give you called the Next 7 Days. It's a simple tool that will help you take your next steps with God. And if you'd like to get it, just direct message us on Facebook or Instagram with the words Next 7. You can also click the link right there in the platform that you are watching from. And we will be happy to connect with you and get you this free gift to help you get started. We are so glad that you made this life-changing decision. So once again, congratulations and thanks so much for joining us. We hope all of the dads out there have a very special Father's Day with your family. Dads, we are so grateful for the role that you play in our lives and the strength that you provide to us and the investment that you have made in all of us. We love you so much. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. We are praying for you and believing for God's blessing in your life. We'll see you very soon.